This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane, uh, here with Chris Valente. Chris, how are you? I am great, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I will say this. Um, It was kind of sobering a little bit to hear, I mean, to read that article in Sports Illustrated. Did you read the minor league baseball article in Sports Illustrated? I did. First thing this morning, you texted to me. Uh, it was not the greatest thing to wake up to. Holy buckets. But set. they're not, they're they're not, not wrong. wrong. So if you haven't looked at it, the Sports Illustrated cover issue, do they still send Sports Illustrated's out? I don't think so. I I don't know. I used to get all of them. It was my grandmother's like annual birthday gift to me. Loved Loved SI for kids I had as well. I had SI for kids too, but uh, you know you get it every week in the mail. And awesome. then you every time you had to go to any doctor's appointment, there'd always be a Sports Illustrated there, and that's what you would like skim through. Totally. And then totally. The, the back page was Rick Riley, and then there was always like this "Did you knows and buy the numbers" pages. I always liked. Uh, yeah, I we were the same way. The buy the numbers page was awesome, and then you always read Rick Riley at the end. Yep. No, and uh, I love Sports Illustrated. It was bought recently, and I think they just they laid off a ton of people in the past like couple weeks. It's got to be a tough business, though. Uh, yeah, magazine businesses can't be doing well. Um, but ESPN, I think ESPN does ESPN magazine even exist anymore? I don't. Uh, I just know like the only one that I don't think so. I don't think, and I don't think so. I'm gonna go with a solid maybe. <laughs> we should know that, but I don't know. Yeah, I you know, as guys in the industry, we should know what the hell's going on. So. It's now your turn. Um, I've been giving the behind the scenes on Major League Baseball and all our happenings, which the only update there is if everyone saw, I'm sure, the news of what Major League Baseball teams claim they were going to lose per game if they played under the current economic conditions, which I think the Yankees were going to lose a total of $300 million. The Dodgers were something like 250 and the, the Red Sox were like $188 million because of the prorated salaries with no revenues. That gives you a sense of how much those guys make and how much we do rely on fans coming to the ballpark. But matters, uh, hot dogs matter. Hot dogs matter, and so do uh, twenty dollars beers, as you can see why. Uh, so, <laughs> with that being said, though, that article uh, shed kind of the first type of light on what's happening in in the minor league industry, uh, and I thought it'd be good to discuss that because we've preached on this podcast so much that we think that avenue for younger folks is a great way to go. Uh, and this doesn't change my mind. And I actually think while this happens and it'll open up opportunities for people at a certain point that you guys might be looking for folks if things go sideways in a couple months. But what's your take on what's going on? What What is happening behind the scenes right now in minor league baseball? So there's really two major things that are going on in minor league baseball. One is this pandemic. And two is the PBA negotiations with Major League Baseball. So let's 
talk about the difference between major league and minor league when it comes to the pandemic. You hear a lot about um, major league baseball playing without fans. For me, I've heard a lot like, well, minor league, just play without fans. It doesn't work that way. Uh, major league baseballs uh, receives major league baseball teams receive millions and millions of millions of dollars for the most part uh, from rights fees that are paid to them from media outlets, right? Right. Nesson pays yep. and national uh, deals, national TV national deals. deals, the whole thing. They are paid to have the rights to play the games. We pay to be on radio and TV. So we're paying the uh, broadcast networks or we're paying the radio station to give us the opportunity to be on air. So because the average person doesn't consume minor league baseball for the baseball, they consume it because it is a phenomenal, and I am biased, in-park experience, in-venue experience, you know, the whole family-oriented, affordable pricing, the it's whole It's the thing. most value. Honestly, minor league sports, from a value-to-dollar perspective, is probably the most... Bang for the buck, without question. Without a question. It's without, not even close. I mean, you can get... Movies are way more money, and they're only like an hour and a half. Like, they're not, then they're inside. Popcorn costs $30. Like, a minor league baseball game, for the price of what you pay and what you get, is yeah. not even close. So, we are... Um, we are our whole business is based on bringing people in, taking good care of them, and then having sponsors, tickets, and concessions. If you look at the three major revenue pieces um, of a minor league baseball team, there's basically a four-legged chair, and they're all ish even. Sponsorships, tickets, concessions, those are the ones that are about even. Then you've got merchandise, special events, and like other stuff, right? That isn't as law, uh, as big as the other ones, but um, that's basically how the revenue model is made. And without fans, none of that happens. So for people to think that minor league baseball could potentially be played without fans, I think is a lunatic uh, <laughs> thing to say, right? You just like, it doesn't work. Why would we open to lose? It just does not, it doesn't work. Well, there's no other revenue. There's no revenue. There's no other revenue. There's only cost, right? There's no revenue, only cost. Um, and so what people don't pandemic, know, what people don't know, I don't think, is your Major League Baseball teams are not allowed to subsidize their minor league affiliates. They're not allowed to correct. give them cash. You can't, you can't do it. And um, the whole thing is it makes sure people understand the minor league uh, model, too, with Major League Baseball currently is basically Major League Baseball provides – players, coaches, um, and strength people, and they handle all the baseball, right? So I have no idea who's going to play second or have any input or who's going up or who's going down. That's on the Major League affiliate. What we provide uh, is a safe place uh, for them to play, and we take care of all the business stuff. So we make sure that they get uniforms and to and from Buffalo, right? So uh, and then we handle the business of uh, of that, but they take on uh, the cost and the insurance and all that stuff of the players, right? So that's – and we take all the risk on the other side. For the most part, that's about it. Does so in terms – so oh, that makes perfect sense. So I, I, my minor league days were a little different because I worked – so I was with the Devils and we – bought the team so we owned and operated the team which is different in hockey because most a lot of the ahl teams are owned so we kind of controlled everything but so i have a question so with the players 
yep. and their appearances and their community obligations. Do you have to negotiate that with the the big club or does that kind of in their contracts that they have a certain amount of times they need to do something for you guys? I've never actually asked if it's in their contract. We just usually when a team comes, there's good guys who want to do them and you ride those guys and you ask them if they want to be able to do it. And then if you're having trouble, you talk to the manager and the manager uh, usually helps you out and uh, to help with community appearances and such. And then there's usually one or two or three called team mandated events yep. uh, that they've got to be at. And we pay players to go on appearances, right? So it's, I think we pay them hundred or 125 bucks to go out and uh, you know, to have, you know, whether, especially when it's like a, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts. Sometimes we have people, then they'll be serving coffee. Right. We'll pay them 125 bucks to go. We're not paying there. them to go to a hospital. We're not paying them to go to a hospital. Right. Um, and they, uh, you know, and then like when we have our kids clinics, we pay the players and we pay the coaches and that kind of stuff. But um, so it's, I, I've never asked if it was in their contract per se. Yeah, it's but, interesting because uh, it's like the players aren't your player. Like do you, does, does Pawtucket ever sign a player that's? No, never. never signed a player ever. We we do not handle. Do anybody does to. any other team in my, in AAA do that? No, you're not allowed to. That's part. Of the, no one from AAA to the lowest of low A's can do that. See, like that's the difference. So that's different in minor league hockey. So like a minor league hockey team, like I'll call it, like the Hershey Bears are a, a famous AHL yep. team. They're the affiliate of the Washington Capitals. The Hershey Bears will go out and sign like a like we've talked about the quadruple A, like a quadruple A type player. And have some of the best veterans in the league because they'll pay them, who aren't actually Washington Capital affiliates. Yeah, so that's the it's a totally different model. I I have some friends in AHL hockey, and I pick their brain about the player thing all the time because it is different than uh, minor league baseball. Literally, I taught nothing. Not has anything to do with the players. Nothing. I just make sure that they. Uh, get on the planes and they get on the buses and you definitely and you know we feed them right so and there's a there's a split with the Red Sox and all that good stuff or whoever your affiliate is but like that's the interaction with the players whether they are signed released traded I don't know nor care really Um, that's our past guest problem what'd you say that's our guest from this week's problem right yeah, that's that's what, exactly what uh, Brian Abraham, who was our, is the director of minor league operations. He worries about all that stuff, and uh, you know we jokingly, you know, talk about some of the guys and you know some of the things that are going on. But uh, you know, he handles all those things. And the key relationship in a minor league baseball clubhouse is with the trainer and with your manager. One hundred percent. The trainer, the trainer is. The traveling secretary, the trainer knows everything. Uh, the trainer is the you know finance guy. The trainer knows everything. The trainer is the key linchpin in the entire setup <laughs> of a minor league baseball team. It's the trainer, and uh, so they do much more than just uh, wrap you know uh, wrap uh, tape ankles. They are uh, they're the ones setting up travel. They're the ones checking people in with their uh, you know when they when we go on flights. Uh, they're the ones doing the hotel key cards when we go on the road. Um, and then the manager is kind of the one that is like, if you need anything, you, you go to the manager. And you got to, you know, if you have a good manager, 
uh, it makes life a thousand times easier. Who? So this is this is always the. F- and when you say a good manager, I have no idea if he's a good on-field manager. Right, right. That's uh, you know his first and third bunt defense plays. I'm not really paying attention to. <laughs> you you, you watch like five guy, seconds can... of the game. There's no way that you can even judge him, right? Like you're no, running around I so have, much. I watch three seconds of a baseball game, and but by the. Uh, you can tell, but if he's a good guy, you can talk to, and he understands where you're coming from, and then you help him out on sometimes. Um, you know, then that's what I call a good manager. So I've, this was always an interesting dilemma of the bus versus the flights for the distance. Who right. makes that call? Do you guys make that call? Because you have to eat that expense, right? We we pay for that. Um, we work with the Red Sox a lot, in all honesty, and now we've got a pretty good system because we've been traveling to the same towns. Um, you, got so, your, you got the hotels, you know, that you're going to stay, the places you're going to order the food, all that stuff. Right. And now the order, most of the food is done at the ballpark. Um, but the travel for the most part is, is done. It's set. The one that's things different now is when you've got these really long trips, like if you've got to drive back from Buffalo and you play a, say they don't have a getaway day and you're traveling after a night. We have to drive from Buffalo to Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is like an eight-hour drive. Yep. Right? Miserable. And there's In the middle of the night. Miserable, miserable drive. And if we've got to play a game the next day, you know, the Red Sox and every other major league affiliate are worried about sleep and rest and recovery and all that good stuff. And let me, I don't care what you are. It's tough to recover on a bus. So right now, in high demand in AAA baseball, especially in the International League, Sleeper buses where ah. you can lay down and have, you know, those things, but they're a fortune. And uh, so sometimes we can, you know, we have a great affiliate in uh, with the Red Sox. I mean, I, and I mean that I, I've been around the, I've lucky, I've been lucky as I've gotten to know the affiliates more. I had a, we had a great affiliate in Kansas City, uh, Red Sox fan through and through, but you'll, the, Yankees are top-notch organization when it comes to players and their their people there. Awesome. And then again with the Red Sox, I've had great affiliates during my career, and they want what's best for the guys, and we want to work what's best for them. So it's kind of in the in between. So going back, so that's I guess the whole, um, I guess how Red how players work in minor league baseball. Um, but this whole thing with not being able to play is you know COVID is really hurting us more. Because there's literally no revenue opportunities, so the minor league teams are have to be creative. Marty's do, Marty in Omaha is doing drive-in fireworks that he's been able to retain some sponsor dollars to at least kind of break even-ish, right? Um, people are doing curbside pickups now, and in uh, spoiler, uh, probably we haven't released this yet, but I'll tell you guys anyway. Um, we're going to be doing an on-field restaurant uh, with curbside pickup that'll start. Uh, you know, this is going to next week and um, you'll be able to reserve a table and have dinner at second base on the, uh, on the infield. Right. And that's kind of cool. It's really cool. Um, so we're trying to save, to generate a dollar any way that we can. And whether that's through, um, you know, we've, we've had these ideas. We've tried to have, we're thinking about scout sleepovers. We're thinking about oh, how do we worst uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, after a game, but now I'm dying to do it. No, no I know it, the, for sure. For people who don't know, because that's what we just blow through when we say scouts. It's not the scouts, the baseball scouts. It's a boy right, scout. Right, right. 
Right. It's a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout sleepover that typically happens after a game where in baseball, this is much easier because you have a field. They, they set up tents, right? They go in the outfield yeah. and they, and they yeah. stay there and they buy their tickets. And you usually get probably, what, a thousand? Thousand scouts? You can get a boatload. I mean, uh, yeah, like something like that. A good one is a thousand, yeah. And they don't sleep. They run around the whole night. And if you're there on the staff, you have to be up the whole entire night. You show them a movie, usually after the game on the video board, the whole nine yards. And it's a big, big ticket mover. But it by far, after a couple of years of doing it, is the worst night. Because <laughs> you literally, oh. you, you can't sleep. And then you have a game the next day, typically. And you're like, I haven't slept a whole night. And there's been a thousand children running around my So there, there's some horror stories there. Um, there was two years ago, three years ago, um, we had to kick a family out because the mother was hammered and yelling <laughs> and screaming and causing a scene. So like we had to like sorry Johnny you can't sleep over anymore because your mom's calling is causing oh, and it's like is three in the morning guard for life right and then maybe a year after a year before I got a phone call in like the middle of the night and it's the guy who's working he goes hey there's a couple in the back corner parents. Having getting sex? after it. What? Yes, they're having sex in the in, on scout night behind the uh, concession stand. What the hell is going on in Pawtucket, Rhode Island? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what happened. I don't have any of those stories. That's what happened. And that's, scouts that's what happened. versus the hockey. It's too they cold. They were getting after it. We have it in an ice rink. It's too cold. No one was doing it. Everyone's barely, everyone's shivering up Holy on the concourse. Wait, buckets. How old was this guy who had to call you and tell you this? And what did he do? <laughs> he was 25 ish and he's like what do i do and i was like i'm uh, I, was like, I, I don't know <laughs> that's not in the handbook I, for when they so teach you in school <laughs> i basically said go over close and act like you're getting something out of the concession stand and make a lot of freaking noise oh. and see if you can get them out of there that that is brutal for that 25 he's like i don't get he's probably making 12 bucks an hour and he's like over. i don't know what to do Oh, neither do I. Yeah, no, no, no. We someone had a story, not the exact same similar story. Our experiences team do a lot of like a VIP tours before games. Yeah. Um, and one of the and part of that tour is usually to go in the Green Monster, and that's always a big deal to go in the door and go in the Green Monster. And one of our younger folks was on this tour and taking taking people around, and this this couple disappeared for a little bit, uh, and they came back out. And they asked him to take a picture on the field with the camera. And they hand him the camera and he has the phone and he has the photos. And it's her naked inside the green monster. She stripped down <laughs> got naked in the green monster. And had to take a picture. It was like horrified. One of our sales associates was like, oh, my God, what do I do? And like, here's your phone back. Thanks. Um, That's so yeah, awesome. Somehow baseball is getting people all randy and uh, taking their clothes oh. off. Or scout, scout sleepover is on another level, though. Come on. You can't that's, be doing that at Scout Sleepover. There's little amazing. children everywhere. That's yeah, right. And uh, they didn't care. Did they get banned from McCoy for the rest of their life? They had, to, they had to get after. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think he made some noise and they like scattered like squirrels or something. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get that kid on the podcast to tell that story because oh, I can only imagine being 25 and be like, "What do I do with this?" What? Hilarious. They, they don't pay me enough for this. It's so good. Um, all right. So anyway. The second part of so this, anyway. besides COVID, um, is this PBA. Um, this is a 
bigger deal. I don't know if it's a bigger deal. It's an equal size deal um, because this is they're talking about contracting 40 some teams, 42 teams to go from 160, uh, 40 teams, 160 teams to go to uh, 120 teams. And uh, this is like taking baseball away from organiz- uh, you know, communities that have had it forever, really changing the structure of minor league baseball and major league baseball's relationship. Um, and look, I know for a fact that there's some facility standard issues that need to be updated. Um, I, I know that I, why I say that for a fact, because when I was working in Battle Creek, Michigan, um, <laughs> even in Omaha at Rosenblatt, right? Feral cats. Uh, feral cats. I mean, we would, I think I've told the story in the podcast, but like the night before it would, uh, we would anticipate a thunderstorm overnight or rain real hard. We would tell the people like the players, Hey, put your stuff on top of the locker. This Visiting the locker room is going to flood. And the people who did were safe. The people who didn't, their shoes would be floating in the uh, in the locker room, right? Apparently, that's not good. No, right? that's not good for a, a top-notch prospect. Think about prospect. the three-year college athlete who played at Florida. Their shoes aren't floating down there. Uh, the, oh, it was a hurricane. Uh, uh, but anyway. So, so 42 teams? 42 teams are on the chopping block? 40, I believe. 40? I believe. I need to double check. And that's that just, this is, that has nothing to do with COVID. That is strictly just. It has nothing to do with on... COVID. If we were playing a season right now, that was what's, what's going on. So it's called the PBA, the uh, Professional Baseball Agreement. It's what weds Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, and what Major League Baseball uh, provides Minor League Baseball, and what Minor League Baseball provides Major League Baseball. And that's the agreement. That is what, what keeps us together. And Major League Baseball is um, really. Uh, pushing the envelope on that and, um, you know, push, you know, the status quo is, is really changing. And there's a lot of teams that are up for that's, uh, you know, not good right now. Well, and uh, it would totally change the structure of the whole thing in regards to, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I can say or what I can't say, and I sure as heck don't want to get in trouble, but um, – I know that it's could be totally, totally, totally different with teams going away, right? What's being proposed? So, again, to not get you in trouble, let's go back to COVID and the article this morning. Because that's actually happening, regardless of whether you're getting chopped or not. And the, as you mentioned, there's no revenue coming in. W- what are teams gonna do if there's no minor league baseball season like how how do like what good what qu- happens good question i don't know the answer to that i mean like there's talk about like filing for bankruptcy protection and some teams are right uh and because because technically making the hardest decisions ever because technically you guys are small business so you some people could qualify for those loans to stay afloat right. for a little bit yeah so hopefully there's another round of loans that maybe come out in this new right. Next- They're going to need all the help that they can get. The good thing about minor league baseball is they've been the fabric of the communities all around the nation, right? Um, and they, minor league teams, normally have very good relationships with their, uh, you know, congressmen and their senators. 
because uh, they're big parts of what's going on, right? They're the ones out there to throw first pitches, and yep. they're the ones out there to, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like it's, it's a gathering spot. And it's usually sponsors too. Spot sponsors are the same thing. They're not they're not going anywhere. Right. You know, I, I, it's uh so it's 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 an uphill battle right now for minor league baseball, and uh, you know, there's a lot of I'm lucky, and I'll say this, and I and I don't don't mean it just because he's my boss is like. Lucchino has been amazing during this whole thing. Larry Lucchino, the oh, he's the uh, principal owner of our club. First guest and on front office features. First front office features guest. He's been amazing. He's been a ten out of ten during this whole thing. It's good uh, to have someone like him too, who's seen it all, right? Like he's been through the ringer and everything you could possibly see in sports, whether it be tragedy, right? Um, and he's a loyal. Fine. Larry is a loyal guy. If yes. You're, if you're a Lucchino guy. You're forever a, forever forever he's a he's a loyal 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 guy um and it's appreciated now and uh, appreciated forever but like the first thing uh not to say that the guys i know the guys in sacramento well jeff savage it was one of the first names in the article named they laid off 30 people 35 people uh in sacramento and i'm not uh besmirching jeff or chip who run that team they're great guys it's just like we're literally fighting for your proverbial life right now and it's tough it's really it's, it's stressful it's, i know it's, it's very stressful it's, it's it's stressful and in all honesty when i was a team president with the yankees uh with the with the uh with scranton you know and not being that now i will say this it's less stressful when you're not the number one guy. Does that and, make sense? And not delivering the bad news to folks. Yeah. No, right. Like I, it's, uh, you know, somebody else can do that. Right. I don't miss that part at it's, all. Uh, it's weird. Cause our industry has never, ever faced this. Never. Like, no, even in 2008, it wasn't even cool. No. And even in the world wars, they didn't face this. Like it didn't, they figured it out and they played and they had people and they had a women's baseball league. Like, right. Like, right. They were still playing. This is on a whole nother level of just, never before seen and what it looks like on the other end of it on the other side of it, it nobody knows um no. what, what our what our listeners should know and what we started off this conversation with is be ready because what will happen and this is no different than a strike uh, in a sense certain people will have to make life decisions to move on and will have to move on because if there's 35 people laid off in sacramento there's no way all 35 of them are coming back it's just they're going to go on and find something else to do. Yeah. They're going to need bodies when this does all come back together, right? So this will open up doors, and you better be ready to step through that door and fill those shoes. And what you do now will change how much opportunities you do have when those opportunities arise because we've talked about it. It's, this is not great for people right now in the industry. It may end up being better for you who are graduating and might just be a little bit patient, but there will be opportunities. There will be. I think you're probably opportunities. In all honesty, are probably next year. Oh, for sure. No, I think you. Like I said, you're just gonna. This isn't. This isn't going to be cured, um, at any level, anytime soon. Uh, we we've now started to talk to some of our NFL friends who are now finally acknowledging there may not be fans in the stands. There's no way. What so, are you going to put? You're going to go from zero to sixty-five thousand people in. Well, uh, they were planning on like a fifteen to twenty thousand potential in the stands, and even then, like the process is just. I wouldn't want to go. I, I've, I mean, I don't know if you read the Dolphins thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's 
so it, stressful to go there. It's so stressful. Like you can't leave when you want to leave. You have to enter at a certain time. You can't go to this. You can only go to certain concessions and bathrooms, and you can't tailgate. And you, it, it doesn't. It doesn't sound fun. Fun. <laughs> like right. what I couldn't just watch it on TV, right? Like I understand, yeah, like but- wanting to get out of the house. Maybe by September, my my opinion might change, right? Because I'd be like, I need to just go somewhere and like the hell out of my house. But, <laughs> um. It still doesn't. I feel like I'm gonna to go to a park before I go to that. So, who knows? Like it. I I think 2020 for sports is unfortunately a wash for a lot of things, unless you're esports. Because <laughs> yeah, right. This is literally right. made for them. But look, minor league baseball. What I do know is, while it's gonna face its toughest struggle, but to your point, it is literally the fabric of so many small communities in this country. It will come back with a vengeance. Because, It'll be great when it comes. Oh back. my God! People will be like, "I miss the fireworks. I miss the scout sleepover sex. I miss all these things." <laughs> <laughs> it will be back with a vengeance. Because they, uh, what are you gonna do all summer long? Like, if you can't, you're going with the beach so much. Like, people go to, to baseball games. Like, take their kids and they run around in the kid zones and hot dogs and beers. It only yeah, costs two not, bucks. I, I, I don't think that they'll find an alternative. All right, we'll do this. Rather than go to the baseball game. No. Because there's not a this to do, right? No. Here, I'll tell you why I even bring that up. In Scranton, we were played the entire 2012 season on the road. In 2013, we come back, and one of our theories, and it was a theory unproven, that people are going to miss baseball so much, they're going to flock to us like crazy. But since there was still other things to do, they just found something else to do with their discretionary income during the summertime and said, well, we really kind of liked what we did last time, right? When talking to groups and ticket holders, they were yep. like, well, we kind of liked what we did last time. Uh, how, how nice is that new stadium going to be? Right. And it was like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. That is not the answer we're looking for here. <laughs> <laughs> Our theory is not right. Yeah, that is not what we're looking for. Uh, you're supposed to be begging to come back. So um, minor league baseball will be okay in the long run. Read the read the article. Uh, it's on my Twitter feed and it is on my LinkedIn feed. Uh, it's a very very good, uh, not very. It's a well written article. Uh, it though does paint a pretty grim picture of what's going on in minor league baseball. But uh, you know we're gonna try like hell with curbside pickup and on field restaurants. The what I haven't been in the minor leagues. I will say the creative juices that will be flowing and the the ideas and the concepts i am sure will be borrowed slash stolen by the professional major league levels because without a doubt the minor leagues come up with the best promotions like every year because you have to right and like yeah no other way to it forces you to be creative and think outside that box so i'm sure we'll see some amazing activations this summer that eventually the the big boys would be like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's let's take those. Um, but I no, Marty. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you go ahead. I, I was. I'm good. Marty, uh, my first year in baseball, and it was like right before the season starts. He goes, "All right, team, what if we go 0 and 70 this year?" I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't know the business. I was never worked a game. I was like. He's like, what if we go 0-70? He's like, we still got to make this ballpark fun. We still got to make it enjoyable. We still got to have a great time because you don't control anything that goes out on that field. Let's make sure everyone has uh, has fun. I was like, 
Oh, so this is what this is about. I learned that a few years into my career in the minors where you have to market the game and the team as if you're going to lose every game. Right. And uh, Because they're not there. To, I mean, if you see a walk-off, it adds to the experience, but you can do so much else around it, whether it's 22 to nothing or 3 to 2, they should have the same experience. They are... Uh, agree, agree. Uh, you know, if you there's all kinds of crazy stats that if you ask minor league baseball fan what the score was when they leave, they have no idea. No idea. None. They don't care. Um, so, to your earlier point of, you know, this is gonna, uh, there's gonna be, it's going to turn around, and it, there will be opportunities because people are gonna have to make life decisions. I thoroughly agree with. So we were kind of talking before that. You know, we, we've been hammering, I guess, hammering home the point of LinkedIn, 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 LinkedIn is that you got to reach out during LinkedIn. But one of the things that we've talked a bit about is that whole LinkedIn thing. But we haven't really talked, like, what should your profile look like? Correct. Especially if you're in college and you don't have, like, a large amount of work experience, right? Right. So Brian Abraham, I think, said some great things in his podcast where he was basically like, I'm looking for people that can separate themselves by having unique experiences. Traveling abroad could be a unique experience. Bilingual can be a unique experience. Having a, you know, a, a plethora, if you will, of different working experiences that provide a unique aspect, a unique niche, niche, whatever, of what your world looks like. They do not want to get into a situation where it's groupthink, right? Where it's basically having the same, everyone's got the same point of view and that's all that they matter. That It's not what these um, teams are, are looking for. And I think that people have got to go um, into their LinkedIn profiles and really create it. I look at, uh, there's a guy who, uh, uh, he is the senior vice president of premium sales and service at the Prudential Center. His, guy, his name's Justin Gurney. I've talked to him maybe once or twice. And his about section, if you want to like, what do I say? His about section is a 12 out of 10 on the on the scale, right? Is he goes in and talks about career storytelling. He tells his story um, uh, wonderfully. Um, and then goes into his experience. The one thing I love about his profile especially is, you know, Chris, we talk a lot about white papers and, like, doing something above and beyond. You know, we talk a lot about Mike Scott and how he's done arbitration cases. You can upload, like, PDFs of what you've done, right? So you can upload that white paper that you're proud of and post it on your LinkedIn profile because you're basically trying to say, hey, guys, um, you know, if I'm interested in, say, that person, I would go into their LinkedIn profile and I would cruise through. If it sucks, it kind of tells me something about it, especially when you're job searching, right? Especially when you're job oh, searching. Oh, yeah, if you're job searching. Your LinkedIn profile has got to be on point. And I think a couple of things. Make sure your about uh, section uh, is, is well put together and it tells your career story and really kind of where you want to go. And then also another, in my opinion, a good point is – uh, uploading these PDFs, uploading these uh, photos. They can even do videos uh, as part of your um, 
work experience, if, if you could include those, man, it just seems like you're putting that much effort. And I look at it, me personally, I don't know about you, you uh, if you're putting that much effort into this, like you're going to put in a whole bunch of effort when we hire you, right? For sure. No, I think to your point, first and foremost, if you're job searching, your LinkedIn has to be updated because you don't have a ton of Imagine experience. Imagine if you're job searching and you're like, nah, fuck LinkedIn. Who cares? Yeah, that's <laughs> – then you're to your point, like we, why are we going to hire you if you could even take the time to update that? Uh, and the about section is probably where you can make the biggest differential, what you just met, said, because you don't have a ton of experience at this point usually. I mean if you do, that's even better. If you have internships, volunteer, or whatever, put it all there. The longer your LinkedIn looks, the, the more we think of value you're going to bring to the table. But it, if you can be very concise um, in terms of your elevator pitch and writing it out and show your skills as a writer on top of being able to exemplify what's going to make you a really good employee for what you're trying to do versus I love baseball, which we'll get to in a second, uh, that will be so much in terms of separating yourself from the competition just go a, a million miles versus what the typical standard LinkedIn profile looks like. And commenting on and adding value in people's comment sections and interacting right. with posts, stuff like that where you'll start to get noticed and start to build that brand that we talked about last week, that's what you should be using LinkedIn for because that's how it becomes this tool to not just send messages, private messages to hope to get networking, but also a way to just start to assimilate yourself into our industry without even being in it. Can we also talk about your feed, right? So your feed needs to be a hell of a lot different than your own personal Twitter feed. Or you mean who you're following and what's going on? Who you're following, feed. right? Yeah. So like, who do you aspire to be professionally? Look those people up, follow them. You like, you don't have to connect with them. You can click a follow button. And it'll just allow their feed to come into you. Follow them, go through that, uh, see what you want to be, get, you know, follow different hashtags, sports business and, uh, uh, you know, the sports hashtag sports biz. And, uh, you can go follow a whole bunch of follow different, front office features, follow front office features. And if you're not shame on you. Um, but what feeds are adding good content to you that you can learn from? Um, and I think that's one of the things that you gotta be, but going to your point. So I'm off LinkedIn right now as in like, do that do that make your make your linkedin feed stand out but we talked to our boy mike scott he was having a uh discussion with caa because mike scott is works his ass off in networking and trying to expand uh, upon his network and what was the quote do you have the direct quote from the person he was talking with at caa caa being one of the biggest sports agencies in the whole world uh, the direct quote, no, but I can tell you the gist is the second someone says the reason they're interviewing for this position or having an information interview is I love baseball, they're automatically disqualified from consideration for any positions moving forward. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Automatically disqualified for saying the words, I love baseball. Here's his direct, here's his direct uh, uh, text to you and I. One thing he did emphasize from a sports biz perspective that I hear once a week, he said other kids constantly say they, quote unquote, love baseball, and that automatically gets them disqualified from any consideration for anything. We say that, we, how, we've been saying that for seven, any, how many long are we doing this podcast? Uh, since September. I don't, I can't count that. Either. Months. September, October, November, December. We, 
We've been telling you to come up with a better answer. Nine than or ten months? I love sports. I played sports. I love baseball. I love hockey. I like video games. That's why I want to be in this business or have this job. It is the most lazy, contrite, boring good word. answer. It doesn't I, I tell agree. me anything. I, I've said this a thousand times, and it's a stupid analogy, but it works. I love food. Doesn't mean I should be a chef, right? <laughs> like, so give me the passion. Go deeper. What about this industry, other than the fact that you love sports? No shit, Sherlock. You're applying for the job. We've already checked that box. We're pretty sure you like sports. Otherwise, yeah. you don't want this job. You and about 250 million other people in this country love sports. So I like getting you on this because it gets you all, like, all fired It's up. just, oh, God. But it's... It's the stupid. It's the stupid saying where like I'll do anything and I love sports, so this is why I want this job. God, just come up with something better to be more creative and like show me how much you want this job by articulating in a very very concise manner of what it is about this industry that makes you want to get up every day and be in it. Is it about being able to change people's lives? Is it about transcending race, society, gender, age? politics whatever is it about being in a situation to create memories for folks that they'll remember for the rest of their lives that all associates with their childhood come up with something like that or hey i want to scout minor league baseball because i want to be able to find the next gem that's going to be the next pedro martinez and make that kid in the dominican's life that much better who changes his whole entire family outcome forever now that's an answer other than <laughs> i love baseball no shit, you love baseball. <laughs> Why else would or, you apply to work or in biology? Basketball ba or hockey yeah, or whatever. Yeah, of course you do. And then the other ones are even, this is the worst one. Well, you know what? I'm really not even a fan of hockey or baseball, but, you know, I I, I could I could do it. You know, I could do, I could do I it. I could do it. Oh, yeah, I could do it. Oh, really? Could you? Could you do it? Could you do it? Guess what? You're not going to do it here. So get the hell out of my office and stop wasting my time. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, and if you go into CAA, you're going to come with the I love baseball. And he hears it every week. Every week. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you have not learned anything, if you go into an informational interview and the words, I'll do anything, I want to get my foot in the door, I love sports, or I love that specific sport, comes out of your mouth, stop listening to this podcast because you're wasting your goddamn time. You need like a cigarette after this, or are you you're right? I'm with the parents and scout sleepover. I'm 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 done. I'm done. All right, all right. Um, okay. Am I right? So, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I have nothing to say to that because you sell it so eloquently and passionately that I can't build. Eloquently might not be the key because I was yelling, but it's fine. Passion. Pa passion. Bring the passion. <laughs> Bring the passion. Um, all right, so changing topics. We've actually done a pretty good job of staying on track today, which is abnormal. Because um, we wrote things down. We, we never – everyone asks us how we prepare. We prepare for five minutes. We just, hey, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> right. So we normally – and I think we'll have to skip this till next week. We normally go through the text and the email uh, – the text and the uh, voicemails, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll hold off on week. that one. But here's ones that I've gotten in general. Why the hell do you hate Alabama so much? Oh, yes. I So I've gotten that question from my said spouse. Why does he hate Alabama so much? Yeah, well, 
and then even even Brian Brian Speecher, our former guest, texted me. He's like, "What's with Alabama?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know. We we haven't really dove into it." So I kind of hit into it last week. I was like, "There's got to be a there's got to be a story or stories here." So the floor is yours. The floor is mine. Why I hate the freaking godforsaken state of Alabama more than uh, anything I think on uh, God's green earth is I moved to Alabama the middle of my sophomore year of high school and I left the middle of my senior year. First off, moving to from outside of Boston to Mobile, Alabama, which is not <laughs> it's as far as you go. It's as far south as you go. It might as well be hell. It might as well be. Especially like what how old are you when you're a sophomore? 15? 14? 15? Yeah, 15. 15. 15? So, I'm 15 and, you know, a rebel without a cause already and it's like I don't want to be down there. I have all my friends like what the hell? But you got to do it. So, we go down there um and my first day, first day in high school, middle of my sophomore year, right? The start of the second semester or whatever. And it's like the second half of the day. And you know when you you know the lost kid with their like schedule that was like printed out on a piece of paper. Yeah, like in schedule. the movies you see. Well, never mind. Never mind. I didn't say that. I I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I had a printed schedule. Why would I say that? <laughs> and I was walking and aimlessly lost in a high school. And I have no idea where I'm going. And like every it's like that time where like all the kids are in the classrooms and you're still out and like just lost. Right, the halls are quiet. And I'm like, where the hell am I going? And all of a sudden, this kid with like, this is in like 97, 97 Yeah, it'd be 97 be a sophomore, I think. Right. So at the time, baggy pants were like in, right? Like everyone was wearing baggy, baggy cargo pants. Yep. Yeah. So this guy comes in with painted on jeans. I mean, they were tight as hell. <laughs> Skinny with, jeans like, back in 97? Where did he find those? <laughs> but they were just like country boy jeans. With a giant belt buckle and a shirt that looked like, uh, I don't know, it was bas- I think it was like a, a plaid kind of like long sleeve shirt. And he comes up to me and he goes, hey. I was like, yeah. He goes, you that new Yankee everyone's talking about? And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I was like, what? I don't. I'm like, I didn't Boston. make, I, I like didn't make sense. Like, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, you know, Yankee being like a northerner did not literally Resident, did not yeah. register with me. It just didn't. And I was like, I must have looked at him like, what the hell are you talking to me? And he puts his finger in my face, in my face like this. I'm 15 years old. And he goes, mark my words, the South arise again. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he turns around and me being smart ass me. I said, where's room 212? <laughs> um. That's your so first that's experience one. in high school in Alabama. First first day. First day. The South will rise. Will rise again. I feel like this dude is at protests to get uh, COVID re- gone and whatever and like no mask. This guy sounds like a no masker. There's a bunch <laughs> of those down there. Um, and then there's uh, another time where I am in. Uh, so my parents like left for the night or something like that. And it's me and my sister, who was like four at the time. She's asleep, and I'm going to bed, and it's like, I don't know, 11 or 12. It's like a Wednesday. And 
I, you know, everything's quiet in the house. And then I hear like there's a party going on. And I was like, what is this? And I lived on kind of on a main road with a big, long driveway, my house. And then behind us was uh, woods. And then between us and the woods was the interstate. Um, and I take a walk out our driveway looking. I was like, what is going on? Because you don't hear this kind of stuff. And I look up and there's uh, smoke coming from out of the uh, out of the woods. And I was like, oh, looks like someone's having a party. All right, now go back, sleep, whatever. Not a big deal. I tell that same story to uh, classmates of mine at high school. And they go, oh, yeah, that's the uh, KKK. They have rallies <laughs> behind your house. And uh, <laughs> the sheriff of <laughs> the sheriff of the town next to you uh, is the leader guy. <laughs> right. I was like, what? <laughs> this is a big deal. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, no, 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 that's, behind just, my house? that's just the KKK. That, that's fine. Don't worry about them. It's like, what do you mean? This can't be true. <laughs> Were they messing with you? Were they messing with you? I don't believe so. They seem very serious. <laughs> right? I it was like moved, a thing. I would have been like, "Mom, Dad, we're out. We're out. Like, I we're, we're not staying here. Like, let's let's go." So the other t- thing, there's another like I can go on with this, and I just hated. <laughs> How many years did you so live much. there? I live I lived there two that felt like fifty two. Um, one other story, and then we can call it good. Another time. College uh, 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 baseball teammate of mine, right? Played baseball. And he was a black guy, right? And I was just kind of hanging out with him in practice. We get along great, the whole thing. We're having a good time. I got a friend, one. Um, <laughs> and um, so this was early in the time, too, right? Or very early before he kind of knew what was going on. And I go and... Uh, after you know, during school or whatever, I see him in the hallways, and I say, "Hey, man, what's going on?" His name is Brandon. Hey, Brandon, what's going on? And kind of like shrugs me off. I was like, "What the, what the hell?" And uh, so I like, all right, whatever. And then I was going around, and I saw him at his locker. I was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" And he goes, "Come here." And he takes me around the corner. I was like, "What?" And he goes, "You don't come over to the black side of the hallway." He goes, you're going to get you and me in trouble. Oh, my and God. For the first time in my life, at the, I, I, I remember it. And it's like, this is the first time I saw color, right? Not that you didn't see color before. Right, right but like you did, we don't live in a bubble. I never associated it In the Northeast, we live in a bubble. We don't, we don't, right, don't exactly. live like that, yeah. I, and I was like, what are you taught? Like, and I was like, and then you look around. It's all black kids. And I was like, all right. And then you kind of look over there. So it's like literally segregated. All white white kids, right? Besides, you know, maybe one or two or three, you know. But it was like there was a black side of the hallway and a white side of the hallway. Holy shit. Right. And like it was kind of like a high school that maybe had five or six, seven, I don't remember, different hallways. And it was like black kids, white kids. And I was like. I can't, I can't live this way. No, no. I can't. I no, can't. No. Now, this this makes way more sense about your Alabama I, hatred. Oh, God. I, I hated it. I just hated I mean, it so much. I mean, you just had a I story would, about the KKK. <laughs> yeah, right. I would go home. like to. Uh, I would stay in, in the summertime for like two months in uh, Boston. So, 
Did you ever? So then, uh, then I was totally the outcast everywhere, right? Because it's like northerner, he leaves all the time, right? Like, right. It just wasn't. It was. I couldn't get the hell out of there fast enough. I. Th- that is one state. I'm sure my wife. She's been very. She's been very open. She's willing to move for the organizations that we work for, right? In the industry. Yeah. She's got some states on her list that I'm not allowed to even consider. I'm gonna think now that she hears this one. We're not going to Bama. <laughs> not that I was not. going to Bama anyway. But well, our, our friendship would end. <laughs> not going to Bama. There's not many <laughs> sports teams in Bama for me to go work for. It is a terrible, terrible, terrible place. <laughs> and if you're listening from Alabama, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're in the KKK. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. We don't need that. Scary we don't stuff, need that. Man. We don't need that heat on us. Scary stuff. So, Well, uh, what a way that. to end it. That is why people want to know, why do you hate Alabama so much? That is a good reason. Your answer is late in the the podcast today. So I will continue to hate Alabama. Uh, It is the worst place on earth. And I wish nothing but bad things on it. All right. With that. But I I like you. (laughs) I'm not from Alabama. I think (laughs) we should probably end there before we get in any more trouble tonight. Because this was an all-timer. This might go down... That is one of the craziest podcasts we've done. Really? I thought it was pretty tame. I mean, we had parents having sex at right. scout K- nights. Parents having sex in KKK. We had KKK. I, I mean, I don't, KKK is hard to top. I don't know if we can top the KKK. I am good for a lunatic story. Oh, guys. man. I had, I had a little bit of a rant. We, you know, you, a little bit of a rant. We, we, had, we had some good discussion about minor league baseball and hockey. It was, a good, it was an all-timer. Hey, hey, this one's a five-star. Speaking of which... Get off your lazy asses. We see how many people are listening to this thing. <laughs> Go on the damn thing and click review. Five stars. We've got a few good ones the last few days. Yeah, we did. Someone's listening. We need I want more, though. We more. more. I want more reviews. And if it's negative feedback, tell us too. Email us. Frontofficefeatures at gmail.com. <laughs> don't don't put that on the review, though. Don't put that on no, the review. review. Email stuff. us. Give us some, some critiques. If you want some different topics, all ears. Uh, but yeah, I think no, that's and, good. I, and, then, I think and also, that's what's good. our phone number? 407... No, 401-757-0404. Yeah, send some texts between now and next week, some more voicemails, and maybe we'll make it a We've voicemail day. We've got something day. that we need to get to. I just didn't. We, just, we, we went on for today. I mean, we're going to do an hour. Hey, you know what? Void's doing some stuff around the house. We're, we're fine. Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, have fun this week. I'll talk to you later. Later. Later.